Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Jar. My name's Chris, and we're so glad that you chose uh, to come. So hopefully we'll get that corrected here soon. Uh, We'll take a moment. Are we good? Okay. I think I'll come back over here for a second. Well, uh, again, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And uh, I'd like to begin uh, this morning uh, by talking about the first Christmas I ever experienced with my wife's family. Uh, It was a very, very weird Christmas. We walked into uh, the home about 11 o'clock. And when I walked into the living room, uh, the entire room was filled with presents, presents everywhere. And I looked at it, and I'm not kidding, presents all across the floor, everywhere. You could finally, hard a pl- you could finally uh, find a place to sit. And in the midst of all of that, uh, as we were looking at all of these gifts, I thought about my own family, and in our family, you got a stocking, one big gift, and a couple of small presents. That was it. And now this was totally different. And as I was looking at this, uh, Jennifer uh, came up to me, and uh, she's like, hold on, because it's going to take a while. So I held on, and we started unwrapping gifts. And they would bring one gift to one person and wait until the person unwrapped everything, looked at it, talked about it, um, thought about how it would be used, and then it would go to the next person. And my father-in-law and my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law, they all would do this with each present. And it was extremely, extremely weird. And this went on for about three hours until finally my mother-in-law broke in and said, which I love my mother-in-law, she broke in and said, I think we should have lunch. And I thought, me too, because I'm famished from having to unwrap all these gifts. And so we went and had lunch, and then we went back and we started unwrapping more of these gifts until finally we were getting to the end of the gift, and I'm not kidding you, it was 9 o'clock at night. We had been unwrapping gifts for exactly 10 hours, and I was exhausted and was ready to go to bed. It was a very first weird Christmas. Now, my wife Jennifer's Christmas with my family was very weird also. She walked in and immediately everyone just said hi and kept watching the basketball game that was on the television. We kept watching it and watching it until finally she's like, are they going to like unwrap the presents because it's going to take a while, right? And I said, oh no, it won't take very long at all. I said, we're going to eat here in just a second. And halftime of the basketball game came. We all went in. We ate really quickly. Then we went into the living room. Everyone passed out the presents. Each one unwrapped them all. We were done in 15 minutes. (laughs) And Jennifer, like, saw this whirlwind of everything going. People thanked each other, and we went about our day. And later that evening, she came up to me, and she said, Chris, this is a very, very weird, weird Christmas. Have you ever experienced a weird Christmas before? Maybe it was the way that people did the pacing of unwrapping or not unwrapping their gifts. 
Maybe it was there was a gift exchange and one particular person didn't even bring it to share. Maybe you hosted all the family to come in and your sister or brother or cousin's crazy kids started running everywhere, destroying things, you know, putting uh, uh, stains in the carpet and not being willing to clean up after themselves. Maybe you've had a weird Christmas before where there actually were people that started getting in an argument and cussing about politics or religion or something else. Maybe there was even a fight that broke out. The truth is, is that Christmas can be more than any other holiday, a very weird time, and it can have a weird factor connected to it. Now, if you think about it, the very first Christmas was kind of weird as well. If you think about it, a virgin birth, a baby born in a barn, and angels seeking, uh, singing to shepherds. It was very, very weird. The truth is, when you think of that word weird, and I was looking at it, it might have our pictures on it, okay? But what I found were these synonyms that are connected to it, and this is what it says. Synonyms like strange or odd or bizarre. Again, that very first Christmas, folks, had tons of strange things connected to it. A virgin birth again, a baby born in a barn, angels singing to shepherds. It was weird. But there was another synonym as well that kind of caught my attention when I looked at this whole issue of something being weird, and the synonym was the one abnormal. In other words, it means not normal, something that is very weird. For some of you, this Christmas that you're getting ready to experience is going to not feel normal. It may actually feel kind of weird. Now, there are two types of weird that many people will experience this Christmas. One is a good weird. There'll be some weirdness to it, something that's not normal, but it'll be exciting. For example, some of you are going to have a baby in the house for the very first time, and you'll be excited to hear that. For others of you, last year you were single, but this year you're married and you're excited about it. For some of you, you're having a family member or a friend come uh, from the military, and they've been gone for months or years, and they're coming back home to celebrate Christmas, and you're counting down the days. You can't wait for it to come. But there's also kind of not so good of a weird factor when it comes to Christmas. Something that actually makes Christmas weird and it actually makes Christmas sad. For some of you, you'll be at Christmas dinner this particular Christmas and there will be an empty chair. Because there'll be someone who was there last Christmas who's not there this Christmas and it's going to be difficult. For others of you, you're going through a really difficult time right now in your life, some kind of tough situation. Maybe it's something with your health. Maybe uh, the reality is you're going through a separation right now or a relationship is broke or you're going through a divorce. It's going to be a different kind of Christmas. It's going to be a weird Christmas. Maybe for some of you, you have a job that you're not so sure is going to be there by the time Christmas comes and all of this comes and it's going to be kind of a weird type of Christmas. And the more I thought about it, 
the more I thought that for those of you that may be facing something tough this Christmas season, the story of Jesus's earthly father, Joseph, kind of came to mind. You see, Joseph was a guy who had these great holiday plans, and then all of a sudden a wrench came in and it took everything away. Joseph was a person who wanted to honor God. Scripture tells us that over and over again. In fact, it says that he wanted to honor God with his hands as he worked as a carpenter. That's what he did. He, he built things for people. He also honored God in his relationship with his fiancee, Mary, and he wanted that. And then in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother was pledged to be married to Joseph. Now, in Jewish culture, what you need to understand is this word pledged actually is something more than just living with another person. This idea of being pledged is not even being engaged. This idea of being pledged is that the families have already gotten together. They have arranged the marriage in this Jewish culture, and you are considered married. You're considered hitched, and you make a vow and a commitment to one another that you will not have sex before the actual wedding day. There's sexual purity that's there, but you are considered husband and wife and that you are married. Now, Joseph wanted to honor God in every area of his life and the way that he lived it out. But more than anything else, Joseph wanted to be a person who would keep his head in all things. And in fact, this big idea that I want to share with you is your first fill-in, and it's something that I hope you'll live out throughout this Christmas season, and it's this, that you need to keep your head in all things. You keep your head in all things. For those of you that are on the stream right now, you might want to just type that in. Keep your head in all things. You can fill that out on the app or in your program as well. In fact, for those of us here in the auditorium, why don't you just turn to the person beside you real quick and tell them, keep your head in all things. Go ahead, tell them. So, so Joseph is this like level-headed guy who goes through life keeping his head in all things. And then all of a sudden this wrench comes out of nowhere and hits him in the head. And he has this darkness now that he's living into. It goes on to say, Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she found, she found herself to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, that phrase came together basically means they had not had sex yet. And yet she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, Mary comes right up to him and point blank tells Joseph, Joseph, guess what? I'm pregnant. And then she went, blah, 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 blah. And he never heard anything else. Because in his mind, it sounded like, you know, in the Peanuts uh, who is the teacher? Wah, 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 wah. And that's exactly what Joseph was experiencing. All he heard was, hey, Joseph, I'm pregnant. And then he thought to himself, are you serious? I mean, I thought we were honoring God together. I thought we were doing this thing together. 
And now all of a sudden I feel so betrayed. I feel confused. I feel hurt. And, and then all of a sudden he hears something where Mary says, well, it's a God thing. It's kind of this God thing that's going on. And he doesn't hear any of that. And he realized that his, his life is turned upside down forever now, that it's devastating. It, it destroys him to his core. Now, Let's take a time out just for a second, because along with our big idea, I want to give you kind of two big questions for you to think about today and throughout this week. Here's the first one. What do you do when you get bad news? When you get bad news in your life, what is it that you do? Let's say that you lose your job. You never saw it coming. And then all of a sudden, you know, right here before Christmas, hey, we're sorry, we're going to have to let you go. And you're like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? It's Christmas. That's what's happening. Let's say that you go to the doctor for just a normal, regular visit. And then all of a sudden they tell you, you know what? You've got diabetes or maybe even worse. You've got heart disease or you've got cancer and it knocks the wind out of your sails or you're in a relationship right now and everything's going well. And then all of a sudden the person says, Hey, I don't want to be with you anymore. I'm ready to break it off. A child walks away. A friend walks away. Your spouse walks away. And when that bad news happens, it's very normal for any human being to respond by lashing out, to going off, to seeking revenge. So let me ask you this question, and we're going to give you just a few seconds to fill in a blank that's right there in your program, or you can do it on the JAR app. When you get bad news that you're not expecting, how do you react? So I'm going to give you a couple of moments just to write in, just, just a couple of moments. But when bad news comes your way, how do you react? You know, I was uh, thinking about it for myself uh, this week, and I was thinking about it. When bad news comes, how do I react? You know how I typically react? I want to fix it because I'm a fixer. That's what I do. Whatever's going on, I want to fix it, make it better, whatever that is. But sometimes, folks, there are things that you can't fix. And other times, maybe you have a tendency you want to blame somebody or you want to go off on somebody or you want to, you know, put your fist towards heaven and say, God, why is this happening? We have a tendency to do these kind of things. And when that happens, the, the one thing that has helped me the most is to be reminded of a passage of scripture. It's just one verse, but it has helped me out so much and I hope it'll help you as well. It's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. And Paul, the guy who wrote close to half of the New Testament, uh, gives these words to his apprentice, to his mentoree. And he basically just says this. He says, but you, T Timothy, keep your head in all situations. You, Timothy, keep your head in all things. Now, back to Joseph. His world is spinning. 
And this news of Mary's pregnancy comes and he manages, though, to actually keep his head in the situation. He doesn't lash out at Mary. He doesn't go off on her. He doesn't say, well, I'm going to prove you that uh, I can find somebody too and have an affair with somebody else. He doesn't tell a hundred people that Mary is the worst person in the world. All that Joseph does is he makes a commitment to keep his head. Verse 19, we read, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Like I said earlier, though, in this culture, folks, they are considered married. They have committed themselves to one another. So what does Joseph do? He decides not to shame her, not to make her look publicly a disgrace, and he keeps his head. You know, folks, I have enormous respect for Joseph. And the reason is, is that what he produces is kindness and patience with Mary, even though he's going through one of the most difficult moments he had ever heard, some of the most horrible news that he had ever experienced. You know, again, when I go through something like that, I want to fix it. I want to make it better. Maybe for you, when, when something happens to you that's bad news, you find someone to blame. You some, if you find someone to, to go off in, with in some way. For some of you, maybe you have a tendency to blame God and to get mad at him. And the truth is, folks, as we come into this Christmas, I don't want to be that kind of guy. I want to be the type of guy who keeps my head in all things. That regardless of the situation, that I'll choose to keep my head. I will actually take my hand and place it into God's hand and to trust that he will be the one who will actually be able to see me through it. Now, the very next verse, we see that as Joseph keeps his head, as he uh, keeps his faith, as he does the right thing, God rewards him. In a dream, God comes to him, and the scripture says this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, what does God say to him after that? What's he say? Okay, let's say it again. What's he say? Do not be afraid. All right, turn to the person beside you and tell them, do not be afraid. For those of you that are on the stream, type it in. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now here, what happens is God gives Joseph two marching orders. First of all, he says, go ahead with the marriage. He says, I know you don't understand it all, but don't walk away from Mary. Go ahead and make her your wife. Do the wedding. And then secondly, he says, what I want you to do is I want you to name him Jesus. Not Joe Jr., not Joe the Second. Not Justin, not Jezediah. No, I want you to name him Jesus because it's a special name. Well, Joseph does both of these things, even though it had to be extremely difficult for him to do this 
knowing the circumstances and maybe being suspicious a little bit of Mary. I mean, can you imagine? Here's this baby bump that's already there as she's walking down the aisle and Joseph's like, I'm pretty sure that dream was real. I think this is from God. I hope this is from God. I'm not so sure, but I hope so. And yet, in the midst of this, even though he didn't understand everything, he kept his head in all things. He kept things in check. He obeyed God. He stays with Mary, and the baby is born, and he names him Jesus. Now, Let's call another time out here just for a second for another big question that I want you to ask yourselves today and throughout this Christmas season. When is it hard for you to hear from God? When is it difficult for you to actually hear from God? Well, first of all, I found it this way. When your pace of your life is out of control, And for some of you, that's where you're living right now. For those of you on the stream, that's where you're at. You couldn't even be here today because the pace of your life is so out of control. There's so much going on. You're going through life with a hectic schedule at at a breakneck pace, and it's hard for you to actually hear from God. You're going at a Mach 10 speed. Everything's going so fast and you don't have any balance in your life at all. And it's hard for you to hear from God when you're going so, so very fast. Another time that I think it's difficult for you to hear from God is when you're reeling from a fresh disappointment. When you're experiencing a fresh disappointment. I mean, maybe for some of you, uh, the disappointment is you'll walk into your boss's office and you heard him say, you know what, you're not going to get the raise. Or you went into uh, an employer thinking that you were going to be extended a job offer and she said, nope, you don't get the job. Maybe for some of you, you've gone through the pain and the horror of a miscarriage. Maybe for others of you, you've gone to the doctor in a normal visit and then you've heard them say, well, you've got cancer or you've got heart disease or you've got some other kind of issue. And then you find yourself in the midst of all this as you're driving through, you look at a house with a yard sign in it that says peace on earth, but the truth is you don't have peace in your life. Or have you ever experienced this before? You don't have any joy, but every time that you're driving on the radio, joy to the world comes on. Or you're, you know, walking through the store and you hear joy to the world. And the truth is, you just don't have much joy in your own heart. I mean, when you're dealing with fresh disappointment, it's tough to keep your head. It's very difficult in moments like that to turn to God and say, God, you know what? I'm struggling here right now. I need a word from you. I need some perspective because I'm close to losing it. Folks, this Christmas, the people that I look to as individuals, the Christ followers that I most respect are the people of faith who I want to be most like. Who are those people? They are the people who have learned that the single best time 
to carve out space to be alone with God is as close to the disappointment as possible. Not waiting until it all kind of blows up, but as soon as the disappointment comes, that they come directly to God. They get to God and they say, God, you are my refuge, you are my strength. And they go to him immediately at the beginning, at the get-go. I have some friends of mine who uh, went through the pain of not being able to have children for five years. The wife went through two different surgeries, but at the end of the day, she was diagnosed with endometriosis, which caused her to be infertile. And she left with, and she was kind of left with this loss of, of sensing that, you know what, I'm never going to be pregnant. And the disappointment was like a knife that went straight to her heart and cut into it and And she and her husband just struggled big time. And God wasn't on the radar at all. And so they just got into a darker and a darker and a darker place. But in the midst of all of this, somehow they came and they checked out the jar. And they checked out the jar. They walked in for the first time. And in the midst of that, they started being open to things of God in their life. And they kept their head in the situation And they decided that, hey, we'll go down the road of adoption. That's what we'll do. And through the grace of God, as they tried to go down this road, he opened up a door faster than they could have ever imagined. And three months after they had decided that they wanted to go down this road, they had a child that was going to be born. And I'll never forget that they called me on the phone and they said, Chris, we're so excited. Today's the day. They're actually going to deliver today and and we're going to have our baby. And they were so, so very excited. And then all of a sudden a wrench came out of nowhere and hit them right in the head. And the baby, when it was born, was premature. It was three pounds, seven ounces. It had a heart murmur. The suck and the swallow and the breathing process, this baby was not able to do. It could not feed itself. And in the midst of all of this, there was this bleakest moment that they had ever experienced in their life. And in the midst of all this darkness, they did something that they had never done before until they came into a relationship with God and they cried out. They just said, God, God, please help our baby. Help our baby. Do whatever you can. And 24 days that they were in the NICU, crying out, asking God, that place of the hospital that is most difficult to ever be at. And they're praying and they're asking God. And in the midst of that, they finally realized, you know what, we're not alone. We're not alone in the midst of those. And pretty soon there were people from the church that came in and and brought things for them and cared for them. and, And there was a sense that, you know what, we're not alone at all. And what they did was they they took their own hands and they took their baby's hands and they placed it into God's hands and said, God, you do what only you can do. And over a period of time, the baby got healthy and now it's a teenager and they're doing so, so well and have a wonderful young man. But not every story always turns out like that. Just a couple of weeks ago, there was a message that I got from someone. Someone had texted me and said that a woman in our church named Connie had been in an auto accident with a farming trailer. And this is what actually happened to the car. 
And she was rushed to the hospital and her husband and family not knowing what was going to happen. And it was a very, very scary time. And when I got to the hospital, when I walked into the room, not knowing exactly what was going, because things were just held in the balance, I was amazed at the peace that was present in the room. The family had kept their head. When I walked into the room, there was a peace that surpassed all understanding. Connie was bruised up. There were broken bones. They found that she had actually experienced a stroke. And yet the family, when I walked in, they're like, oh, we're so glad you're here. And man, we're so thankful. We don't know what's happened, but God spared our mom. God spared our wife. God spared our grandma. We're so grateful to God. And each one shared about how much they were thankful to God in what was the worst kind of situation. And they're not out of the woods. Things are still going. She's still recovering, working through that. And yet, folks, they were holding on to a passage of Scripture in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, which says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. You see, folks, God was guarding Connie and her family. And even though the peace that they have, even right now, is kind of a fragile peace, God has helped them to know how to keep their heads in all things. Folks, today, for some of you, your world is spinning And you're wondering if it's going to be out of control as you approach Christmas this season. And as you're experiencing that, as you're going through that, some of you might be going, man, that's going to be a weird Christmas. It's going to be a tough Christmas for me or for my family. It's just going to be a challenge. And I want to urge you, I want to beg you that in the midst of all of the pressing circumstances that you're going through or your family's going through, do not forget that God is present. Do not forget that he was the one who was there in the midst of Joseph's struggle and battle, and he'll be there for you as well. Find a quiet place in those moments where things are going out of control to be with God and to be alone with him. And you can just say, God, you know what? I'm asking for a little help down here. I need you to come in this situation that is such a challenge to me. I'm I'm close to losing my head, God, and I don't want to do that. Come to my aid. You know, many of us, when we're doing kind of those emergency meetings with God, There's a passage of scripture, just one verse again. First of all, we'll keep our heads in all situations. But when there are bad things that happen, that we would turn to Psalm 62, 8, which simply says this, pour your heart out to God, for he is a refuge for you. You you just decide that when the situation comes, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to pour my heart out. I'm going to describe every thought, every worry, every fear, every anxiety, everything that's there. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to cry out to him. And after you poured out your heart to him, you take some time to actually be quiet and to listen to his response. 
And if you listen enough, folks, I'm telling you, if you quiet yourself enough, you will hear what Joseph was told when he was told these words, do not be afraid. As difficult as it might be, do not be afraid. Joseph, the main thing that I want to tell you is that even though everything looks like it's out of control, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Keep your head in all things. And folks, if you'll listen long enough, this is what you'll often hear. You'll sense a prompting from your spirit in which God will tell you, I'm with you. I'm for you. Do not be afraid. We can overcome this nightmare together, but you have to keep your head in the midst of this. Keep your mind focused on me, on things that are above and not below. We can handle this. If you can pull some time away and you spend time with me, we can get through this. Well, back to Joseph one last time. As you know, Joseph kept his head in the midst of hearing this message, this news about Mary that he couldn't believe. And he went on to become the man who created some of the most formative years for Jesus's life. And from what we can tell from scripture, Joseph was a terrific father. He was an amazing dad. And he wound up playing a key role in the greatest story that was ever told. But let me ask you this. What would Joseph had missed had he lost his head? What would have happened if he had thrown Mary out? If he went off with somebody else? If he cursed God? If he just kind of lashed out at everybody, including her? If he had caved into fear and bitterness and vengeance-seeking, he would have lost being a central character in the greatest story that this world has ever known. And thank God that Joseph committed to keeping his head. Folks, today, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're going through right now, as difficult as the situation might be, I want to encourage you to keep your head. Because if you'll keep your head in the midst of that challenge, it's quite possible that God will help you not only to keep your head, but you can keep your faith and you can keep your hand into God's hand and he will actually walk you through it. And this very trial right now that seems so dark and that you might not be able to make it may be the thing that will actually give you strength going forward. It may just be the thing that will prove to you that God is actually stronger than what you think he is. It's possible that the trial that you're experiencing right now may be the actual thing that God's going to use to move in such a way so that it could be used for a redemptive story that you don't see right now. And I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it in my life. And I've seen him do it in other people's lives. And he can do it in your life too. So, as we come to the end of this first teaching in this Christmas season, I want to end by giving you a couple of things. First of all, I want to give you an opportunity. And then secondly, I want to give you a gift. First, an opportunity. Maybe for some of you, this has been a really rough year. And you're going through something very difficult 
and your head is spinning and you're not so sure uh, how you're going to put it all together again. And you've gone through some pain or loss or relationship that's struggling right now. Or maybe you did some things on your own that created a bad situation, some bad decision. And the truth is right now, as you're sitting there, you're thinking to yourself, or for those of you that are on the stream, as you're sitting there watching this, you're thinking to yourself, I just want a fresh start. I want a fresh start to know that God never leaves me alone. And so today, the opportunity is I'm teaching a baptism class. You can go and get some breakfast and then come back. And you can start the year off fresh, being made clean and having that behind you and being forgiven of all of your sins and set free. Baptism doesn't mean you're perfect. It means I'm available. God, I want you to help me through this. And so at noon, uh, in the community room, child care is provided, lunch is provided, and we'd invite you to go. And so that's your opportunity. The second thing I want to give to you is a gift. This may be the greatest gift that you've been given this week. And that is a gift to have a couple of moments where you can be quiet before God, where you can actually do some business with him and maybe make a commitment or make a confession and say, God, I want to keep my head in all things as I go through Christmas, but I need your help. And so you might want to pour out your heart to him today and just tell him where you need help. Ask him to help you not to have a frenetic pace this Christmas. You're already feeling stressed and overwhelmed. And you might say, God, please help me not to have a frenetic pace. And maybe for others of you, it might be able to say, and not to spiral out of control when disappointment comes. More than likely, some disappointment's going to come to us, folks. I'm not wishing it on us. It just happens. And when it does, how are you going to respond? Will you keep your head. So if you feel comfortable right now, we're going to bring down the lights. And what I'd like you to do is to just bow your head if you feel comfortable doing so. And if the prayers on the screen uh, are helpful, that you would take a moment to just look at those. For those of you on the stream, you can look at that right now and have a moment with God. Heavenly Father, we uh, come to you right now, and some of us need some help keeping our pace a little bit saner this Christmas. Give all of us the courage to be able to say no to the stuff that's going to just make things so crazy. 
Help us, God, each day, regardless of if it's just even a couple of minutes, to schedule some time alone with you. God, for those of us that are carrying a heavy burden right now, God, would you remind them that you are with them, that you are for them, that they are not alone, that they need not fear. You'll never leave them. You'll never abandon them. God, help us to keep our heads this Christmas and remind us that the best way we can do that is by placing our hands into the hands of the one who knows us most and who loves us best. And so God, would you do that right now for your honor and glory? I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. If you would, I'd invite you to stand right now as we close with the song. And this Christmas, we decided to give people different opportunities. And so uh, the prayer team is up here right now. And uh, if you need prayer for anything, feel free to come up. They would love to pray with you. They're up in the balcony and down here as well. And if you've got a hurt or a pain or you're like, I don't know if I can keep my head in this situation, just come up to the person and say, hey, I need some prayer in this area. And they would love to be able to pray for you. I actually am going to be standing right down here. And um, if today's the day where you're like, you know what? I have not kept my head for my whole life. I want Christ in my life or I want to recommit my life to Christ. I'll be standing right down here to give you a moment to where I can pray with you and help you to make that commitment of accepting him today. And so if you do that, we'll have a Bible for you. We'll help you on that. But what we want everyone to know is we sing this closing song that God will never let go of you and so you can keep your head as you walk through that moment. And so if you need prayer for anything, come on up. And uh, today's your day where you're like, I want Jesus in my life. I want him to control my life. I'll be up here and we'd love to pray for you. Let's sing. Coming through hard 
heart that holds on The glorious light beyond our compare And there will be an end to these troubles But until that day comes Let him know you here on earth And I will feel no evil For my God is Never let go of me. 